I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have my next guest here. We have Heather Cox, who is the co-founder and president of Certify My Company, and you should definitely know about Certify my company. Heather and I met a few years ago. I was so impressed with how her company helps companies and entrepreneurs with the certification process specifically geared towards diverse businesses, but also guiding other businesses on sustainability efforts. She's going to talk a little bit about how kind of the focus has changed over the last few years as well. Um, But Heather's mission has always been to really help entrepreneurs um, with just different processes that they don't know about that she's learned a ton about. And uh, she's taken an idea that she had that she was super passionate about and turned this idea not only into a reality, but a fledging company. So we love those stories. And I can't wait to hear more about her journey and creating Certify My Company and also how she is helping so many people. So without further ado, welcome, Heather. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Super excited. So let's start at the beginning. I would love for you to share with our listeners who aren't familiar with Certify My Company. How would you describe it? I describe Certify My Company as a Supplier diversity consultancy specializing in diversity certification. So that sometimes means a lot to people and sometimes means absolutely nothing to people. (laughs) So we really focus on working with other business owners, entrepreneurs, and then navigating the process of getting diversity certified so they can take advantage of bigger contracts at bigger companies or the government, or the Fortune 1000 really diversifying their supply chain, because at the end of the day, that's how they make more money. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So was anyone doing this before? I mean, obviously, there's certification processes, but was anybody kind of really sitting hand in hand to sort of focus on, you know, the breadth of them and really helping people to really understand what's going on? So before us, there was really only one person. And to this day, I would say there's really only one other company that I ever consider a true competitor. She is no longer in business. She decided that she was ready to retire or 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 live the life of luxury, whatever she wants to do, but she's not working anymore. Um, and she actually was very instrumental in the transition of our business. Her name was Sarah Lou. And she was doing diversity certification facilitation for other entrepreneurs. And some of the corporations had engaged her, like the Fortune 1000, to work with their suppliers. And when she decided she didn't want, she wasn't didn't want to work anymore, or was ready to do something else with her life, uh, her her corporate clients asked her to choose her replacement, and she chose us, and because she interviewed other people and she said they're the best. 
And so to this day, there are other companies who say they do what we do. There's nobody else that does it to to the level of expertise that has the same cybersecurity, the same team, the same knowledge that we do. So there are other people who will say that they can help you. It's not the same. So interesting. So what were you doing before this? So before this, I was always doing sales and operations. And I love sales in general. And, you know, my husband grew up in a house where they said salespeople are like the shady people. But really, I think salespeople are people who want to share passions. Now, there's definitely, okay, we've all, if you ever been to a timeshare uh, sales pitch, you know, there's definitely hardcore, not so nice salespeople out there. However, I really love the fact of getting to know people. I genuinely enjoy other human beings for the most part. So that part's always fun for me. So I did a lot of sales uh, and I was leading a sales team at um, like a cookware company for a while. I worked for Enterprise Fleet Leasing for a while. So I did a lot of different various sales pieces. But then when I studied my family, I knew that corporate America didn't love mommies very much. It wasn't so always friendly to mommies. And that's when I was thinking to myself, what do I want to do? I knew I had to work. I just didn't know what that was going to look like, which is when I started speaking to all these other working women. Some were part-time, some were full-time, some were executives, some were entrepreneurs. And I loved the entrepreneurs. I thought they were amazing. They just, their energy, their effervescence, like everything about them was just drew me in. And so eventually, and as you can tell, I'm super shy. So when I was asking them a bunch of questions, I would say, you know, tell me more about your company. What does it do? What are the struggles? And a few of them started mentioning this certification application that they couldn't get done. Now, these were people running one, 10, 20, 40 million dollar companies. And then I couldn't understand why they couldn't do an application. It just didn't. I was so confused by that. They're very smart, resourceful people. They couldn't do an application. So I went home. I did a little research. And in that same kind of time period is when I met my co-founder who had been certified for years. And she said, yes, it's a problem. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, 
Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think, and makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. People do not, cannot get it done. It's not rocket science. It's just, it takes a lot of time. It's detail-oriented. What something's called in California is not what it's called in New Jersey. So I said, I can figure it out. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. None at all. But, you know, 13 years later, here we are, the experts in the industry. <laughs> and so that's really how it kind of all came together. I took that sales, that passion, that 
that um, operations mindset and then laid it onto this specific process. So interesting. So how many different certification programs, if you had to guess, uh, like how many are there? There are a plethora of certifications out there. Yeah. However, they are not all created equal. Um, most states have their own certification process. And I've, I want to just take a second, if if you don't mind, and just kind of break down the demographics we're talking about, because that will make a difference yep. in what we're talking about. So okay. there's generally five different categories of diversity certification. There's women, ethnic minority, um, LGBT, veteran and service disabled veteran. And then there's the disability owned business enterprises. Now that one means that the company is owned, operated, and controlled by one or more people with a disability as defined by the ADA. So it's not just mobility impairment. It's not just hearing impairment, but it's everything from thyroid conditions to sleep apnea, ADHD, anxiety, depression, autoimmune disorders, anything that can impact your ability to run your business if you don't manage it. So that being said, most states have a program for women and or minorities. Some have for service-disabled veterans, a handful have for disabilities, I think one or two have for the LGBT. So that's the state programs. Now, the state programs get you only state contracts, but if you're looking for the Fortune 1000, for example, if you want to sell to Target, you want to get into Macy's or Johnson & Johnson, one of those bigger companies, that, that type of company, then they're looking more for the private sector certifications, which is what our specialty is. We, of course, facilitate state certifications as well. But the private sector, that is our, that's our sweet spot for sure. Um, and so that's really the very, so I use, people say, I want to get WBE certified, Heather. So that's like saying, I need a tissue. Well, do you want Kleenex? Do you want Scott? Do you want Johnson? What brand do you want? And what is WBE for those of you, or for those people listening who don't know what that is? That's an excellent question because, yes, I speak in acronyms quite often. Yeah. It is the Women's Business Enterprise. So there's Women's Business Enterprise, Minority Business Enterprise, LGBT Business Enterprise, Veteran and Service Disabled Veteran uh, Business Enterprise, and then the Disability Owned Business Enterprise. Got it. And so when you when people say they want to get WBE certified, what I, I mean, what do you do with that at, at that point? So you probe and ask them like, you know, what specifically and take me through that. So somebody calls and says, I want to get WBE certified. I say, OK, tell me about your business. Who are you currently working with? Who do you want to work with? And what is your what are your hopes and dreams for your sort of for your company? Because if you say, I only want to do business with the federal government, well, that is a very different conversation than if you want to do business with, again, Target or Johnson & Johnson or Bristol-Myers Squibb, one of those companies. So because first of all, they recognize different certifications, but also the private sector certifications offer executive training, mentorship programs, pitch competitions. They offer a lot more for an entrepreneur to really take a hold of and run with and maximize the heck out of in order to grow and scale their company than the state certifications do. So if you really want to get in and grow your company and be on the shelves of Target next to Headwater, for example, right, then we want to know we have to get you the right certification to be able to make those introductions. Because what the certification is, is it access to opportunities, not a magic wand. It is a tool. 
And so it'll get you that access to speak to the person inside these companies, but it's not going to sell for you. You still have to be just as good, if not better, and just as competitively priced as everybody else out there. But when push comes to shove at the end of the day, when there's two of them and they're thinking, oh, these companies are both so good. Who are we going to choose? Oh, they are certified also as a diverse owned business. Now that now that they, everything just tipped the scales in your favor. So you mentioned uh, like the targets of the world, uh, yes. also the government of contracts of the world. So is it a significantly different application then for no. those types of certifications? It's pretty pretty it's similar. Pretty much the same. The state and the federal certifications oftentimes will have personal net worth or gross sales um, caps for the businesses and the entrepreneurs. The private sectors do not. They want you to be a billion-dollar business. They want to see you uh-huh. grow as much as you can. So they do not have any thresholds as far as personal net worth or company gross sales. Interesting. So uh, supplier diversity has become a uh, a big word, um, a big term, yes. I should say, in, in the corporate world. So what exactly is... The, the clear definition of supplier diversity and how can it be beneficial for business owners to really have this in their company? So supplier diversity is the buying of goods and services from diverse owned businesses. Now, the reason certification is important is because if we want to tout all the metrics and all the success that companies have, both the entrepreneur side and the Fortune 1000 side, we need to be able to measure and count. You can't measure what you can't count. So we need uh-huh. to have the certifications. Now, if you are a Fortune 1000 company, a large organization, study after study shows that companies with these robust supplier diversity programs actually make more money. They have a higher return on their investment from their supply chain. Their shareholders do better, which is usually the decision making right there, right? The shareholders do better. And so they want to have these programs. It also brings them into new customers, new, I mean, and anything, if the last few years showed us anything, it's that having a small supply chain didn't do a whole lot of good for a lot of these big companies. And I give you a really funny but very great example of that. Um, one of our clients is a is a vodka company, Square One Organic Vodka. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, vodka was really important to a lot of people, especially when you were working and homeschooling children. So they had a lot of times that they, that they like, so one of our clients went into this one to her local Kroger and she noticed the vodka shelves were substantially empty. So she uh-huh. had, she was women-owned certified, WeBank certified, Women's Business Enterprise National Council. She reached out to the Kroger representative that she had met at an event and said, I noticed the shelves in my local Kroger were kind of empty and people need their vodka right now. And so she, they said, she said, I can help you. I can get you, I can get you vodka on your shelves. And guess who got a place on those shelves? So interesting. Right. So the, the supply chain issues that came up during the pandemic a lot of the companies now are realizing we need to have local suppliers as well. We need to have suppliers that are more nimble, that don't have to get 15 levels of approval to get something done. When our corporate clients ask for me to change something in a proposal, I don't have to him and haw and go up this ladder. I am the ladder. I, I can make all the decisions they need me to make. So it's a, a lot of the corporations, these large organizations understood, wow, we have not, like, we've been doing ourselves a disservice at the end of the day by not you know, having the vodka our people need on the shelves when they need it. So that's like one of the things that really came out of the pandemic. So what are some of the stores? I mean, as it relates, you mentioned Kroger. So they have a local program. What? Who are some of the other ones that have local uh, diversity 
that acknowledge diverse uh, suppliers at the local level that you've seen? So about 97% of the Fortune 1000 have a program. And it's not necessarily just the local level. That was just an example of a local, right? So think about, you know, a lot of these companies are looking for the diverse suppliers. Now, they do like to have some, like, especially with um, retail consumer products, they do like to have these local options as well in the case of the supply chain issue, right? But, and the beauty of that, though, is, You know, think about way back when. Sometimes when you start a company, you can't handle a national contract with Walmart. You just Uh can't. So companies like Walmart will say, okay, this company, we think they're amazing. They're a fantastic product. They're a fantastic this. But we're going to give them these five stores to start with, right? And then let them grow into it, which is an amazing opportunity that doesn't always come around to be able to have that opportunity to grow with a large organization like Walmart. Okay, so and I'm using retailable products because it's tangible. It's easy to understand. Plus, you know, I don't know if you know about the Walmart study from about six years or seven years ago. Do you know that study? Which one? Well, I know. So Walmart knows that that women control about like 83 to 85 percent of all consumer decisions out there. And they control trillions of dollars of consumer money of money out there. Right. So they wanted and I'm going to paraphrase. Don't Google these exact words because it will not come up that they wanted more of that money in their pocket because yeah. they're a for-profit business. That's what they're there for, right? So they pulled their customers and they said, if you went in to buy, for example, shampoo, again, I'm paraphrasing, and one was easily identifiable as women-owned and one was not, would you be more likely to buy that product? Now, what percentage of the female consumers, the one that are making that 83 to 85% of consumer decisions, were more were said they'd be more likely to buy a product if they could easily identify it as women-owned? What number, Karen, do you think said that? Uh, 90%. 90%. That's oh, wow. the right answer. I was right. so a good guess. That just makes it easy. But just so you know, you know, Wine Intelligence Magazine did the same study. Because did you know, pre-pandemic, again, probably has been up since, 70% of all wine purchases were made by women? So interesting. You did that? Um, I know. Right? So they went in and they were like, okay, 70% of wine purchases would you be more likely to buy a product? And that same 90% said yes, which is why Women of the Vine and Spirit created that logo that says women owned on their bottle that you can now buy, buy an alcohol, you know, wine product that says it's women owned. Just for, for that reason, because it's about sales. It's about people wanting to put their money, you know, people want to know where their money's going yep. more than ever before. So true. So by understanding that you're buying a woman-founded, woman-led, woman-owned company, that is very different than just buying something that another company is, you know, popping out over and over again. And so that made a huge difference. So, so interesting. So it's evident that you love what you do. You you I know. <laughs> mentioned um, that uh, that your business has changed significantly, as I was mentioning to you, that I love the fact that you're supporting entrepreneurs to kind of figure out how to help them grow their business. But you're also an entrepreneur yourself. This is the first uh, company that you've started and and uh, definitely has, um, you've seen really, really amazing success. What has been some of the like biggest learnings? Like what would you do over again if you were to, you know, look back on sort of those early days? Um, would you, is there anything in particular that comes to mind? I would definitely have hired sooner. I would okay. not try to do as much myself as I think that I would have definitely hired a bookkeeper way earlier because I think as entrepreneurs, we're very tend to be very resourceful people. 
Like, oh, we could do it all. Why would I spend the money? But in the end of the day, it ends up costing you so much more money to do it yourself. So I think that I definitely would have hired my first hire sooner and I would have outsourced my bookkeeping much sooner. Yeah, that's that's what many, many business owners say, because then you've got to go backtrack and try and figure so much stuff out. Absolutely. So and what other pieces of advice would you give to um, other business owners, whether it's related to certification or whether it's uh, getting a bookkeeper or is there anything else that comes to mind when you when you're telling your you know, 20 year old self, here are, are some of the key things that you need to remember. So I would say what I often tell other entrepreneurs is, and it's similar to the bookkeeper part, but it's outsourced to experts because if you don't have the time or money to do it once, you don't have the time or money to do it twice. Yeah. So outsource it right, right away. The other thing is really, even if you're not a diverse owned company, there's no reason you cannot get involved in the supplier diversity world by partnering with other companies. So Uh if you are not a diverse, let's say you're not a diverse owned company, but you still are doing business with some of these large organizations, understand that it's a core value of these large Fortune 1000 companies. So even if you are not a woman owned, an LGBT owned, a disability owned business yourself, if you say to your Fortune 1000 customer, we've noticed that you, it's really important to you, this supplier diversity and diversity in general, it's so important to us as well that we've made sure to include X percentage of diverse businesses in our supply chain. Now, your supply chain could be five suppliers. I don't know how big your business is, right? But it doesn't matter. You're saying your core values, customer of mine, are also our core values. So there's no reason why you can't also start looking for diverse businesses to partner with in a JV, whether uh-huh. they're bigger or smaller than you, as long as they're legitimately part of the process. That is a fantastic way to kind of grow the pie and to show your customers. Because what I often tell entrepreneurs also is that just like any relationship, you want both parties to benefit. I mean, imagine, Kara Vista, if your husband said, hey, babe, this thing is really important to me. And you were like, that's cool, but I'm not going to do it. Like, it doesn't yeah. really lend to the relationship, okay? It's the same thing with your with your clients, right? If they're saying to you, this is important to me, and you're like, that's cool, but... It's not that important to me. I mean, we're talking relationships here. Do you want to be a transaction or do you want to be in a relationship with your client? Yeah, it's so, so true. What seems to be the <laughs> number one uh, certification program that people are kind of either reaching out to you to get help with or uh, are the ones that pretty much everybody should know about besides WeBank? So WeBank is the biggest for women. Women's Business uh-huh. Enterprise National Council. You can look for them. Like, this is a perfect example. This is, like, Miss Spa. You've probably seen them in Target, right? The yeah. back of them. Can you see that? Women-owned right there. Yeah. yeah. That means they're women-owned, right? You can find it on a lot of these different jewelries. But then the minority one is the National Minority Supplier Development Council. They were actually the first of the private sector certifications. We get a lot of requests for that. One of my favorites is the Disability-Owned Business Enterprise Certification, which is called Disability In. The reason for that is because what they've done, which is different than any of the other organizations out there, is they actually bring in the DEI side, that HR, the employment side of the house, with together with the supplier diversity, the procurement side of the house. Now, uh-huh. most people can, can, can conceptualize and understand why having a diverse workforce is important to your company. That's, that's never a question. People go, why? Why would you want all the same type of people working? Everyone gets why it's important. 
they have a harder time conceptualizing why your supply chain should be diversified. So because Disability In does both sides of the house and brings them together, they have an unbelievable opportunity to educate the people who come in for the DEI side, especially that neurodiversity and and uh, neuro, yeah, the, the hiring around like autism at work and different neurodiverse hiring t- um, tactics are becoming very prevalent in the workforce. I mean, think about it. I have a kid that's on the spectrum and some of the things that she will do for hours would make me go bonker. Like I couldn't do it. Or, you know, sometimes there's people on the spectrum who can look at a video screen for 12 hours a day. I could not do that. Just like watching a video screen, look for security, whatever. It's an amazing hire, but they're not going to interview like the two of us interview. Uh-huh. They might sit there. I mean, people will ask me like, what's it like to have a kid? And I said, you don't remember those weird kids when we were growing up? Like, that's my kid. She's kind of quirky. She's a little awkward, whatever. She's a great heart. She's a great kid, but she's just, she's kind of a weird kid. But that's why, but so she's not going to interview the way you and I would interview. So without having that knowledge of how to have those interview processes for people who don't, who, whose brain works a little differently than yours and mine, it's very important to a company and they understand that. And so when disability and brings those two sides together, they're able to educate. And this is why supplier diversity is just as important, right? You want to have a diverse employee base, a diverse customer base, and a diverse um supply base, which is when you get that ultimate revenue. So, so interesting. So what impact do you hope that you're having? I think, uh, you know, when you have those tough days, as we all do, and, you know, you think back on kind of what you're doing and and overall, uh, all the people that you're helping and, and uh, you know, you're definitely a huge knowledge base, but also an executor of these programs for so many entrepreneurs, but also as we talked about earlier, companies, like what impact do you hope that you're having? I like to say that we are making the business world more closely reflect reflect the real world. I love when we go into these stores and I have five kids and we are frequent shoppers of Target, as I'm sure you can remember when your kids were little. And that you should see us. It's like an Easter egg hunt of women-owned products or black-owned products because there's a lot of signs out there right now. Mommy, look, it's women-owned. I love the fact that they get excited about it because I think that every time, we've all heard the, the expressions when you buy from a woman-owned business, you're not buying a CEO a second home, you're buying a little girl dance lessons. And I think that when you do that, it really shows um, all, everything that can be done you know, within our own demographics, right? Within our own communities. And I think by expanding the pie for diverse owned businesses, we're making our communities stronger. We're making our children stronger. We're making the economy as a whole stronger. As we saw, one of the reasons that we were hit so hard, right, is because so many businesses had to close, especially the small, diverse local businesses. And so it just makes it, at the end of the day, I want to know that I'm that my dollars are making an impact. The our law our loudest voice is oftentimes how we spend our money. And so I want people to see when they say, what is she is she shopping or is she shopping intentionally? And I like, I mean, our the first first thing we talk about in all of our team meetings is how did you support diversity in your personal life? Uh-huh. Because it's really important. It's one of our core values that it's not just a business, like I'm not just buying my website from a diverse owned business, which we've, of course, always try to do. But are we also, is it also like marinating into our kishka, into who we are, right? Into, uh-huh. like, into everything that we do, because it's just making the world a stronger place. 
Absolutely. And is that what you share with other companies and corporations? I mean, do you ever find like they're asking themselves that question? Like, you know, is this really important for us to do? And obviously you have the stats uh, to back that up. But do you feel like that's still a question that people are asking? Or do you feel like people are sold on the fact that they need to do it? They just don't know what to do. I think it depends on the company. There are some companies that have done a phenomenal job and it resonates to the DNA of the entire company, right? Um, but there's other companies who still are just now uh, like trying to figure it out, just now saying like, it's when they look at it as a cost center, you know they don't get it. Okay. Right? When they look at it as a cost center saying like, I just have to spend money on this. It, there's a reason companies spend millions of dollars on this. It's because it makes them more money in the end, right? You have to look at the metrics and the ROI as, as the part of it. So yes, we definitely still have these conversations. I get a lot of questions about what's the benefit to the corporation? They must get tax benefits. That's a, a big question we get. And um, so it's really about, and I and one of my favorite comments, compliments, whatever you want to call them, I get from especially the corporations themselves is, you've made me love my job again. When I get them excited about their job again, that to me is like, all right, that, those are the things I think about when I'm like, I'm shutting the doors, forget it, being an entrepreneur is too hard, not doing this anymore, right? Because we all have those days. And then I think about the the people I've spoken to who, like um, like Jackie, who didn't want to get certified and then, sure enough, got a $5 million contract because of her certification, right? I mean, she's amazing, but also because of that certification. And she's a, a super, I don't know if we have time, but she's a fantastic story That's about it. how she ended up with that $5 million contract. What'd you say? That, no, I was just saying that that will be for yep. another another interview, but but another one, right? So right. so amazing. Well, so it was such a pleasure to talk to you, Heather, and everybody. Uh, we'll have everything in the show notes about Certify My Company and more about Heather and her experience too, and how to reach out to her. But I just more than anything, really, really thrilled that you came on to share a little bit more about this. And it's very, very exciting and definitely top of mind for people in the beginning of the year trying to figure out what's best uh, for yes. uh, their companies and also for them on how to grow and scale. And I think this is such an important initiative. So thank you again. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you soon, Heather. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head-on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. 
for a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.